Hey, my name is Melissa Bedeen, and I'm obsessed with personal development, body, mind, and soul health, as well as all things business marketing that can help you to navigate all things mystical and messy in this journey called life. See, I am a coffee-addicted mother of two who married my grade 9 boyfriend, and I started my company at the age of 17 with just a $200 Costco massage table and a goal of becoming a healer in mind. Now let's fast track a decade and a half forward as I've pivoted and grown myself from being a brick-and-mortar business as an international healer and psychic medium that loves to use my gifts to help align others on their path. See, I found myself naturally pivoting towards becoming a coach as I've made it my mission to positively impact the lives of others. But will we shy away from the real chats here? No way. See, I firmly believe that we are all intuitive, but again, the true gift actually comes from listening to this internal knowingness. But since all of our arenas of life may look at a little bit different, I hope to shed some insights on how this can benefit you both personally and professionally. See, I believe we have a mission. No, more of a calling inside of us, but it's up to us whether we choose to use this to benefit not only us, but others as well. As I teach you the tested and true ways to align yourself today, I am inviting you into this time as a friend, having a coffee, chat with the goal of a girl trying to give you some form of mind mapping to skip through the messy and tapping into your own magical. Now I want you to know that you are welcome to the Mom Gun Media, and I'm grateful you're here. Hello everyone, so I am Melissa and I'm here with Tina Sangermano, who is a trainer and a master practitioner of NLP, hypnotherapy, EFT, time techniques, and life coaching. Along with her training and coaching, she brings women together in a smooth, free virtual networking space so they can connect with other like-minded women, building relationships and growing our business. Now she is an author, an app developer, and will figure out your fears so you can free and flourish as a coach. Now I love everything that you do, and I'm very grateful that we actually got to connect. I joined, and in that, I am so grateful that we were able to connect together and get to work through all of our different things. I am super grateful to have you here, and I just wanted to say a special thank you, Tina, for joining us. Thank you so much, Melissa. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast. I love listening to you. You're such a good speedy talker too. <laughs> <laughs> There's always espresso beside me. So this is, this is the fuel going, but I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Now, as we connected, I noticed that you brought together a whole bunch of women and then you would set us up with just an opportunity. There was no compete, no compare. And I, first of all, want to high five you in that because that is something that is lacking in this world. And it, it really drew me to have you, especially as a guest here, but to get to build this relationship because that is so missed and it's so on point and I'm just grateful that you do that. So I would love to ask what kind of drew you to creating that, if you don't mind sharing. Sure. So I was looking at my business and wondering, okay, how am I going to grow my business? And a friend of mine and the business that I'm talking about, what is the neurorevolution with NLP training and life coaching? So a friend of mine was saying, well, you need to get out and network more because she's like this amazing networker. And, and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, go to a yoga studio or something like that. And I'm like, I just couldn't see myself going to a yoga studio and saying, hey, you know, and so right about this time. Oh, and then I looked actually, but then I looked at her or looking at my business and I'm like, okay, where did all my customers come from? And 99% of them came from people that I knew. And so I was just like, okay, 
she's right. I need to get out there. I need to start connecting more with people. So I, I took that information and right at the same time, Corona hit. And I was just like, okay, you know what, this, let's make this something that I would want to go to because I didn't hear about any networking events. I had actually looked at a networking event local in town, but even that I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be uncomfortable. You know, I was telling myself like, it was going to be uncomfortable. Now I would look at it completely different. But anyway, I, um, I decided to create an event that I would want to go to that would be comfortable. And for me, I'm comfortable in more of a small group, maybe one-on-one, one, one to two people. So what I do at this event is I get everybody together and then I split everybody into groups of three. So you can talk with two other women and share who you are, what you do, how you help people. You can even ask for help or feedback on what you want to do. So I just wanted to make it empowering for the women. I wanted it to be non, I guess, threatening and also not so salesy or schmoozy, you know, and I wanted it to be a, a circle that people could grow in, meet people and expand their circle as well. So we get into groups of three and then do it four times, three to four times. I honestly loved that. And you were right. So like coronavirus hit, I'm a stay at home mom for the most part, but like I get to work at home all the time, but I love socializing. And when all of that got taken away, my inner itch happened and I saw your invite and I threw, like, I just kind of threw myself in and I was like, I have no clue who she is, what this is about, but I need adult talk. Like I need yes. business talk with people who get it. And I loved that as soon as I joined in, people are welcoming. There was seriously just so many beautiful women that came together and said, Hey, what are you working on? That sounds amazing. Let me support you. And I ended up collaborating with a couple of them and bringing them in. And that's something that I'm really grateful that you created that space. So thank you. Oh, you are welcome. I'm so glad. I love to hear that people did connect, you know, or do connect and they are, I see, I see how it happens. I see like the people that have showed up and now they're like, working together. And so that's, I think the biggest thing is coming in with an attitude of not so much, I need to get a client from this, or I need to sell my product, but coming into any environment really with how can I serve other people? How can I give, how can I, you know, be generous with what it is that I know. And it just, it's amazing where that leads right? Like just this collaboration right here is just like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Honestly, your reciprocity and how you built it. It's something that I do my best to model in that whole over deliver. Like there was no sneaky pitch at the end. Like it was, it was very heart centered and I really enjoyed that. And something that a lot of business models miss is building the connection before, you know, just diving into what they want from people. It's just something that I really, I'm looking for those authentic opportunities. Now, one of the things is I love getting to know the backstory. That's something that I'm always intrigued on. So I would love to hear your story of what drew you to becoming an entrepreneur. So, um, I have always been an entrepreneur. I sold lemons when I was seven years old. Um, we would go around and actually, so my friend, she lived in a condo or something like that condo. And we went outside and we picked some lemons and then we went around the block and we sold lemons 12 for a dollar. 
And then we got to our neighbor's house and we knocked on his door and we're like, Hey, do you want to buy some lemons? And he's like, did you take those from my tree? And we're like, Nope. (laughs) Nope. Oh, was that your tree? Um, so we've always, I mean, we needed money to buy candy from the candy lady down the road. Um, and we just knew that, you know what, there's only so much that you can ask mom for money, right? Or so many times you can ask mom or dad for money. And so I've really always been an entrepreneur, but what got me to this, um, this point where I got interested in coaching was I, um, was a flight attendant. I had wanted to be a flight attendant and I also, um, let me see, was waitressing and I was just like, okay, what am I going to do? You know, I felt like, what am I going to do? I was always jealous of people who knew that they wanted to be an opera singer or they wanted to be a doctor. And I never had that growing up. I didn't feel like, okay, I know what I want to be. And I came across this article that was, you know, discussing, um, becoming a life coach. And so I was like, I read it and I was like, that is exactly what I want to do. Like that fits me so well. So I was so excited about it. I told my boyfriend at the time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a life coach. What do you think? And he was like, no, you, maybe you should go to school to be a therapist or a social worker. And it just really like poo-pooed my whole like dream basically. And so I'm like, okay, well, what that did was it left me with the thought that, you know, that's not good enough. Becoming a life coach wasn't good enough. And this was way before it was popular like it is today. This was like 15 years ago. And so after, you know, and then as an entrepreneur, I did other types of um, entrepreneurial uh, businesses. And like about seven to 10 years ago, when I met my husband, he was like, what do you want to do? You know, like, what are you going to, what are you going to do up here? Cause I had met him and moved up and, um, to where he was at. And I was like, man, you know what I really want to do is just, I want to become a life coach. He's like, okay, well then go ahead. And I was like, okay. So I went to school and, um, went to training and yeah, became a life coach. <laughs> so that's what got me to, to, uh, become a life coach so far. (laughs) I love it. I love that you even took the limiting belief of what somebody laid on you and you just brushed it off. So being able to remove that limiting belief, it's amazing what you've done for yourself. And so I really want to just congratulate you there because limiting beliefs stem up from all of us. And so that is one of the biggest thing that I want our listeners to hear. We've all had somebody and I've had somebody who said, really? You want to do that? I don't think that's really going to be the monetizer or the Mm -hmm. mover or the success driver or whatever. And you have to kind of really listen to yourself. So kudos. You do. Yeah. Because what happened was every time that I would start a, a business, it would go so far and then I would be bored with it. And it was like this calling of, Hey, but I want to be a life coach, but I want to be a life coach. And I would start something else. And then I'd be like, yeah, but I really want to be a life coach. (laughs) So it's incredible that like to deny yourself, like, I think that's what I was doing. I was denying what I really wanted in order to make money or what, you know, dreaming of thinking about like, what was more acceptable. That's not going to be acceptable. And just like, okay, this is what you want, you know? And I think it was like a worthiness thing, tapping into you're worthy enough to go for your dreams, Tina, you know? 
I couldn't agree more. Now, the biggest thing that I love to understand too is you are listening to your intuition as you're doing that, saying like that thought pattern keeps coming up. Like, I want to be a life coach. I want to be a life coach. There's like a hidden driver is what I always say. And a lot of people, they will kind of shun away from the word intuition or gut instinct or knowing this or whatever, but you really did that. So I would love to just kind of listen to what that looked like for you, if you don't mind, because I find intuition so fascinating. And I know that our audience is open to hearing it other Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. So I don't know why this um, this sneaks into me right now. But so I remember this is something totally off key that I haven't shared with you. But I remember being a teenager and I was dating this guy, and I was starving. I was starving, and so he picked me up. We're going to go to eat something, and I'm ready to go eat. And then all of a sudden, my intuition or my body was just like, "No, you're not hungry." Like there was something, I was like, something's wrong, you know, something was wrong and it just took away my whole appetite. So I didn't order anything and, and it kind of put him off kilter, but lo and behold, it was like, he was going to tell me that he went out with somebody else. And, and luckily, like, I don't know. I was just like, I knew something was wrong, you know? And so that moment told me like, oh my gosh, you need to listen to your gut. You know, you need, because you were on, you were right. Something was off. There was, you know, and so that moment really proved to me that I need to listen to myself, you know, and this was way before, but like, listen to that gut feeling. If you have an instinct that something's off or, or just, just a little nudge that's like, dude, mm-mm. <laughs> you know, listen to that. So, so that is one of those. I definitely follow that. I kind, I always check in with my gut. Like, does this feel right? Or, you know, if what what's going on here? This doesn't feel right. If I feel like I'm like resisting something, it's like, why? <laughs> why am I resisting it? Um, but yeah, that's that's what it looks like for me. I love that. And I love that you even just have like the story that pops in from your youth. (laughs) I do think we're all intuitive and it's just understated. A lot of people don't open up about this topic. So thank you for sharing it because a lot of times there's somebody on TV or the movie or media made it weird. And I want to always give permission to tap back into it and make it your new normal. So that's perfect. And I have to agree when you listen to it, it pays off. Like you're really living the life of flow now. So it's not going to cause that discomfort or disease in it. And you're going to be able to create that, that uproar where it's just going to continue to flourish. Now, I know you're a mom and I know that you're a mompreneur. And so in that life, I always like to kind of know like a behind the scenes of how that looks for you, if you don't mind, because like some people will have managing their schedules as their priority to like balance and flow. And like, as a life coach, what does that look like for the people listening that are wanting to maybe bud their careers and do the same as you? So with my husband, my husband definitely helps out a lot when it comes to my work days or hours. You know, he's like every morning he has me send him my schedule. Like when are my interviews? When are my coaching calls? <laughs> when am I busy? And when does he need to be quiet as best as he, as best as they can? Um, so that is a big thing is coordinating with him and making sure that, you know what, I can have as much quiet as possible. I'm, there's no guarantees. Um, I think my kids are getting used to the fact that, okay, when I go and lock the door, you got to be quiet. <laughs> um, and let's see here. What else? What else? It's, 
You know what? We just went away for a little like four day vacation. We took a drive up to Flagstaff and it was so nice. It was so nice to kind of like put down the phone, not work, just love on my kids. And so, yeah, really just finding, it's hard to find a balance, right? Because I think it's, you got to work, you got to love your kids, you got to cook, you got to do some things. But I think it's really a trying to blend it in there, trying to, you know what, use your phone, whether it's like talking into Google Docs, you know, <laughs> so you can write what you need to write um, and get that, get the things that you need to do out while you're also maybe playing with them at the park. <laughs> um, also trying to schedule things in advance. That's a lot that helps a ton. And so you can just kind of lay down that worry of the, that feeling like you need to do everything all the time. So, yeah, I don't know. Did that answer your question? <laughs> because I find a lot of times people will create like an excuse or they'll say like, you know, I, I'm only able to have like this upper barrier limit of this much success. Like they, they kind of put like a, a cap on it or this much flow or whatever. And the idea is the more we talk about it and like say, Hey, there's very real moments where I have a daughter, she's a nudist and she tends to like streak behind me in a video. I do my best to just say, I'm rolling with it. Like I can't stop it. Kids will be kids. Life will be life. Yep. You need to make it work too for us. <laughs> so I love that you're doing that. And you know, there's so many things on scheduling and organizing that my little OCD bubbles just kind of come up and it just makes me so happy to talk about them. Oh, and go ahead. Everybody's into it, but I love knowing like little hacks like that. So thank you for sharing. Now, when you first knew that you wanted to start your own business, I know that you kind of pivoted over time. I would love to know how that pivot has changed, like NLP to like all these different performances. I love how you've allowed that to become your niche as a whole, like allowing it to build into your whole business. Would you mind kind of sharing the importance of a pivot? Because I find a lot of people don't give themselves that kind of high five. Oh, you know, I love that. You're like high five. Um, so, okay. And the importance of a pivot, I I feel like, you know what, if you're, as an entrepreneur, you have that leeway, right? To do what you essentially want to do and create what you want to create, help the people in the way that you want to help them. So um, like I started, like I was saying in life to become a life coach seven years ago, but, and then about three years, two and a half years ago, I learned NLP and I thought that that was a key factor in in really knowing how to use your brain because your brain, your mind is the builder of your future. And so I felt like I needed that extra tool and I think it's so useful and so valuable of a tool to, to know whether you're in school, like I think they should teach this at, at school, you know, growing up. Um, but I, I guess if you want to, I've, I've just always allowed myself to pivot easily, like whether it's in moving or a career, only because I think that we're ever changing, we're growing, and I don't like the idea of being stuck. And so here, it's okay to pivot. It's okay to change if it's in line and aligned with what it is that you want to do. 
I love that. And to even touch on that too, though, like everything that you've added into your list, I kind of call it like your resume now as a life coach, it's allowed you to bring more to the table. So like, for example, I geek out and I was watching and while I was reading um, Marie Forleo's Everything's Figure Outable. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I kept thinking, okay, I started as a massage therapist and I did aesthetics, so I was spa. And then the more I started taking, because you have to take continuing education credits here in Canada, I'm a registered massage therapist, so that's like my background, I found energy healing. So I became a Yusue and Karuna Reiki teacher. And then as I started doing that, then it just, it slowly like transitioned and pivoted. But then I found, I always wanted to be a healer and it, I was still doing that, but I was working on like body, mind, soul now. And then the spiritual growth really is where it took off. And I was like, no, this is the cake on the top. Like this is, this is the end all. But then I realized I still have love for all of the things that I've learned along the way. So I just tried to like build my own custom program for all of it. So a lot of times people I've talked to them, they'll get stuck in a niche and they'll be like the riches are in the niches. So they niche into one thing, but Marie Forleo said it best. And I'm just going to reverb that. But she says, everything is figure outable, but you can't always be that person with one thing. Like you're too passionate. So then she calls herself a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And I could not agree more. I, I, I almost like get sidetracked or I, I just need a little bit of a variety. And so to, you know, have that pivot in your tool belt is kind of where I find a lot of people maybe not giving themselves permission or lack that, that I guess, I don't know. It's empowerment in our past, really. Like, look at all the things you've had. Yeah. Well, and they all work together, you know, really like all of your experiences tend to work together. So to think that, you know, okay, well, I have this one training and that's all that I need to know. I don't need to read any more books or do any more things. That's like, that's not going to happen. I mean, like you always want to get better and get grow like continue growing and these are like you said just tools in your tool belt and the experiences of bringing energy and you know energy into all of your healings i think i think it's incredible i think that using it together to give your clients the best essentially uh, the best session possible, right? So that they move further along. So um, I think that it's important, all these different experiences, like I, even all the different businesses that I've started and, and had, it's like, okay, what did I learn from that? You know, what can I use out of those businesses and bring them in to apply to how I help other women today? I love that. And that's honestly the biggest thing that people really forget about. Like I look at myself in high school and I had like three jobs at a time and I was working full time while going to school full time. And I would always discredit those jobs because these were like my beginner jobs, my intro jobs. You just but made I, money, right? Like made money quick. <laughs> now looking back, I'm like, okay, some gave me customer service, you know, ideals. Some gave me policies and procedures that I utilized. Some gave me a professionalism of like how to handle stressful circumstances to ways to engage with everything. And so, yeah, no, it's so important to, to take your experiences and integrate them, right? Integrate them into, into um, what you're doing today. I love that. On to all of these different notes that we've gone through. I I love going back into our history of what it means for somebody to find themselves with a coach, like the benefits behind it. So I would love to hear what are maybe like 
your favorite testimonials or transformations that you've offered a client so they can kind of see what a life coach offers. Because I know mine's a little different than other life coaches because I utilize more intuition in the way that I do it. But I would love to hear from you what your sessions look like for who's intrigued in hiring a coach. So my sessions look like, you know, getting to know the person, figuring out what their struggles are, where they want to go. And then I use a combination of techniques to help them. If, if it's getting rid of a limiting belief, let's say, I had uh, one client who essentially she got into a car accident and she wouldn't drive anywhere. Like, or she ascent, like was sweating. She was a teacher and she needed just to go to Walmart, but even that she would delay. She would freak out all morning before she had to go. And so what we did was we used a combination of um, techniques to help her just make it not so fearful to drive, you know? And, and so, yeah, it was, it's just, that's what we do. Whether it's hypnosis, it's ne it's never the exact same because everybody has their own, you know, belief system and and different um, different things that they're working on. So so by the end of it, like she was able to drive, and this wasn't even a um, this was like in one session, she was able to like, okay, hey, Tina, I went to the store today, you know, and she was like super excited about that. So without freaking herself out, right, without being so stressful. And so that was just one example. And then, um, yeah, like there's other people who they're just still looking to figure out a way how to start a business. So it's like what they want to start, how are they going to get there? And then, you know, a lot of times people who do work nine to fives, they've got a different type of limiting belief it comes yeah. to money. It comes to accepting money from other people, figuring out what type of career or like new coaching that they want to do. Um, so yeah, figuring out those limiting beliefs, helping them set up, you know, what business they want to get into, how they want to get into it. So yeah, it's a wide variety. I'm just realizing <laughs> even more so. I love that. Like I've always been an avid Tony Robbins fan and that's the same with his though. Like he'll look at business mastery, life mastery, and they'll go through like the different quadrants of it. And it is that and stuck on like a belief of one set ideal or what it might look like in one quadrant. But when you can actually go through and break through limiting belief in a past experience that holds them back or something that just really has been a barrier on getting them to their next success, whether it's in romance and relationships to personal development, to even abundance and creating like financial freedom. I really do feel that's like the quadrants of life where we got to work through all those different variances. So that's yeah. amazing. And it comes down to what I was saying before. It's like, it's really about the mind, right? The mind is the builder. And so you've been building this idea in your mind, whether it's, you know, the career that you want or the love life that you want, it's your mind can create it. If you start thinking about it and start focusing on, um, how you actually want it versus how you don't want it. So I love that. I love all of this. I think that everything is, is so time 
perfect too right now going through these events and people they're talking right now about like mental health being like a big breaking point with everybody and what's coming up and now is the time for people to actually create their own business and kind of break through those limiting beliefs of what they feel because like right now if you have a job you're building somebody else's dream but if you're an entrepreneur you're really building yours and Absolutely. so looking at like how you can utilize that whether you want to hire a coach or a mentor it's amazing what you can do because you're taking their decades and turning it into your days where you can simplifying and really break it down. And like she, like Tina was saying, you know, like going into romance and going into like limiting beliefs to even driving a car. Like there's so many things that I know have held people back. It's time for you to take charge. It's time for you to own the opportunities and do something very passionate about it. Like life is too short. I find, so I'm just like that person, rip the bandaid, let's do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you have a dream, go for it, you know, but I think a lot of times, we have this idea of what we want, but you need to get it down on paper. So one of the things that I like to share is, you know, I was 10 years ago, I was working at an art gallery in Vegas and I had no idea what I wanted. I was super broke. I um, really had no direction. For some reason at that point of my life, I had broken up with a boyfriend. So I was, I felt lost and I was broke. And so anyway, it wasn't until this lady came to me and she was a coworker and she was like, Tina, you need to write down 10 things that you want, you know? And she's this really dramatic uh, Trinidadian woman. And, and I was just like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to do this. Even though I know better, I know that, you know, you need to write goals and stuff like that, but I really hadn't written them down. So I took what she said and I, took two days to think about it hardcore <laughs> and really feel into it, really feel like, what is it that you want? And I was like, okay, I really want to get married. I didn't have a boyfriend or anything like that at the time. I want to have kids. Um, I want a Louis Vuitton purse. I want a convertible BMW. I want $5,000 savings. I want $150,000 for a four bedroom house. And so I listed all of these things that I really wanted. and. A year and a half later, I realized like, oh my gosh, I have $5,000 in my savings. And then I took a look at that list and I was like, oh my gosh, I have like eight of these things that I've written down. And so I just want to, if you are thinking about, you know, you want a better life and you want something else, you but you don't know what it is that you want, make a list of 10 things that you do really want, because a lot of people just keep this idea up in their head. And until you actually write it down, it's not the, you know, it's not the same. You have to write it down. So that's what I would suggest if you are, if you're wanting anything, you know, if you want something different in your life, make sure you write it down. That is such a perfect law of attraction manifestation tip. I know like looking back, I make fun of myself too, but like in cap class, it's career and personal planning. They were like, okay, draw your dream home. So we did. And then I like, describe your perfect career. So I did. And I found it when we were moving from like our rental, when we bought our first house and I was like, okay, okay, not quite the dream home, but it's, it's close. And then I found it again, as we were just moving out of our second house and it, we were living in my dream home. And it was, oh my God. The way I did the windows were like, I drew it, the floor plan. And so then I was like, hot down. So then when we were looking to find our next one, 
I drew it out again. Like I was like, Hey, where do I want the layout to be? Cause I wanted open concept this time. Now that yeah. I, kids, I understood we need to keep an eye on those guys and all the different things that popped up. And when we found this house that we just moved into in September, it literally is that dream home that I found in my, in my book. And so I'm like, okay, now, now I'm just, I'm riffing here. Where do I want to travel? You know, like, where's yeah. that manifestation? What is, you know, the financial aspect in a dream world? What is the relationships? And like, it's something that a lot of people take for granted, but it's not quite like a vision board. Like you said, it's, it's really just writing a list, making it simple, prioritizing yeah. it, and then putting it out there that you can achieve it. Yep. And everybody has their own way, right? Like every, some people do love the vision boards and that works for them. It's like, okay, awesome. It's really about taking that time to get in tune with what you want instead of like, right now I'm tossing, right? When you're talking about house, I'm like, oh, do I want a log house? Like I, I love the Tahoe style, Lake Tahoe style log house, but then I also want it by the beach. <laughs> And so I'm like, okay, what do I want? And I need to choose one or I need to write down both and knowing that I'm going to be living in two different spots. But, you know, so I'm like, oh, I got to do that again, you know? And it's like, it's really just about taking that time to admit what it is that you want and know that you're worthy of getting what it is that you want. Um, because a lot of people just don't feel like, oh, what if I dream too big, it's just a waste of time because I'm never going to have it again, or I'm not going to have it anyway, you know, or some people don't want to write down what they want because they think that once they write it down, that's all they're going to be able to get. And it's like, no, that's just your starter list. <laughs> Start there and then do it again. But I think also the third thing that why people don't write their list down is because if they find out that they write their list down and it works and then they realize like, oh my gosh, looking back, I never did this and my life could have been so much better. And so they don't want to, that fear of, oh, I did it wrong or, you know, like that change of a belief, they, they're scared of that change of belief. So just do it, write down your list or put your pictures together, draw your even better because you've got a clear idea of what it is that you want. So yeah, percent love that. And I agree with you. A lot of people do then hold like a fear of past success that they missed out on in the sense of whatever kind of self-blame they might carry in, but it's never too late to start. It's really never too late. And that's like something I really want everybody to understand and emphasize here. Start today and you will get so much further than you ever would if you put like a deadline or, uh, you know, that procrastination arrow out there. Just start today, even Absolutely. if you list, and then you'll see the action start to pop up. It's almost like, you know, how Facebook listens to us and we say something and it just keeps popping up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> same idea. Law of attraction, same idea. Like I was joking with my husband. I was like, this is the vehicle I want. We said it and we didn't really see it before. And then as soon as we said it, now our mind is aware, whether you're looking at your conscious brain to your subconscious brain, then I saw it everywhere. And I was like, no, this is a sign. And he's like, oh, I see how you did that. <laughs> it's true though. Once you put your focus on it, your energy starts to flow towards it, which is what creates that attraction and that creates that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand that attraction how it works, but, but it works. Just know that it works. <laughs> yes. well, you're, and the thing is, is like, you're a vibrating being. Every single cell in your body is vibrating. And so when you're thinking about something that you want, 
um, you're sending out that signal. You're sending out that vibration that you want this. And so you are going to get it. Like it's going to happen if you're clear about it. You know, if you're sending out a very clear vibration, you are going to attract it to you. So focus on what you want, not what you don't want, because that's my problem. That's what I was doing. Not my problem now, but that's what I was doing prior. I was like, oh man, I know I don't want this life that I'm living right now. Clear about what you want. It's so much easier to get it and attract it to you. I love that. And I love that you like randomly we brought in manifestation, but this is something that everybody should utilize. Like this is an underrated opportunity. I will say that. And so looking at that, if you could mentor somebody today, what advice would you give them as like the number one starter? Now that we've given like uh, energy focus and prioritizing your flow on, you know, your top 10, maybe for manifestations, what would you say past that for somebody just starting out? I would go back to just write down your list. Um, they were just starting out with that, um, focusing on good feelings, right? I think that is knowing what you want and taking that inspired action to get it afterwards. Um, meaning if somebody offers you, if you're like, okay, I just want a thousand bucks. And then somebody comes to you and say, well, do you want a thousand bucks? Say yes. (laughs) Or if somebody like say yes, start saying yes more, because I really do believe that once you write down your list, it will, the opportunity to have it will present itself and you just need to say yes to it. So In fact, like one of the things on my list was to have a husband. Well, when my aunt called me, I remember I was in the closet and my aunt called me and I'm like, oh, cool. I never talked to my aunt. What does she want? You know? And she's like, hi, Tina. I was like, hi. And then all of a sudden she's like, hey, do you want to meet this guy? And I'm like, oh my God, she's trying to set me up on a blind date. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And, um, And then I I really, it would have been so easy for me to say no. I wanted to say no, but I'm like, Tina, you aren't, you said you wanted to get married. You said you wanted to meet somebody. There's nobody knocking down your door right now. So you better say yes. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want, you know, the other part of me was like, I don't want to meet some guy and then it'd be weird and awkward. And then it's like, yeah, but you said you wanted this. <laughs> so I said, yes, you know, and eventually I met my husband, who's my husband now, and um, through by saying yes, you know, so, so take that action to, to say yes to your dreams and know what, it, knowing what you want. I love that. And yeah, you're absolutely correct. You know, when growing yourself and growing your business, a lot of times we'll have like a worthiness cap where we'll just kind of be like, oh, I want to, I want a 5k month, 10k month, 100k month, whatever it is. And then they'll start saying no to certain things, whether it's opportunities or payment or they'll feel guilty and their lack of worthiness is where they need to work on it. And that starts by saying yes to yourself. And that can be in the form of self-care and self-love to even acceptance and, and just that energy trade. Like one thing that I always hold true is if you don't start saying yes, you're going to burn out. Like you're going to burn out in your career. You're going to burn out in business and you need to make sure that you can give yourself that payment back so you can continue to feel that relationship continue to build and and have that. I love that. I love that it even flowed into your romance though. (laughs) (laughs) Me entertaining. I enjoy it. (laughs) Well, I can tell you about my kids too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
I find, honestly, I love getting to know like the backstory for everybody. And so I know that we've talked before and you've said, you know, like you've had certain struggles in having children. And so yeah. I find law of attraction, we're already on this topic. I would love to hear how you've overcome that. Yeah. So for me, you know, I met my husband, we were older, like relatively older. I was 37 when I met him and my mom, she was able to get pregnant and have a kid naturally at 45. So I was thinking, okay, I'm good. You know, I've got till 45, I can get pregnant. (laughs) Well, we got married and I actually got pregnant right away but um, ended up with a miscarriage about six weeks later. And so after another year, I wasn't pregnant and finally went to the doctors. And essentially we found out that I couldn't, I wasn't producing any eggs. I had no eggs, so I couldn't have um, a child naturally. So that was heartbreaking because my whole life I was like so excited about, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what my kids look like. I want to know what traits they have of mine. And that was like a dream. And maybe that was like egotistical or something, (laughs) but that was like, that was what I wanted. I wanted to see like, what would my kids look like, you know, and how would my genes be expressed? I think. So when the doctor told me, you know, yep, you don't, you don't have any eggs. Essentially, I was heartbroken, broken. And my, the nurse, I remember as I was leaving, the nurse was like, well, you could use a donor egg. It would still be your kid. And I was like, I didn't even understand what she was saying because I was in such heartbreak. So I went and I met up with my dad and my sister and I cried. And then I saw my dad cry for me and telling them, you know, what happened. And so when I saw him cry, I was like, oh, wait, no, I, I can't, I'm not a victim, you know, like I didn't want, I don't like feeling like that. And so I'm like, okay, I, I got to do something about this, you know, because I had this vision of kids dancing around or playing around, excited around a Christmas tree. And I was like, okay, what are my options? So I started, you know, doing some research and we ended up going to I called back that nurse and I was like, okay, well, what would it be if I used a donor? And she told me this number and I was like, okay, I know that I need to just double that number because it always like adds up more, you know? (laughs) And so I was like, you know, what if we went to Vietnam because I'm half Vietnamese and I was like, I wanted some connection, if that makes any sense. It was, it's not really logical the way I was thinking, but, um, I just wanted like a unique connection with them. So we went to Vietnam and we found a donor and, um, it wasn't easy. We were going to give up multiple times, um, because they don't have the same system that we have here. It's not like you just go to the doctor and you can have that. I don't know. It's, it was really a different experience. There were many times when I could have said like, oh my gosh, this is a sign that, you know what, it's not meant to happen. Maybe I'm not supposed to have kids. Um, my aunt and my mom were like, what are you doing in Vietnam trying to, ha- you know, do IVF? And so I just want you to know that you need to keep your vision with what it is that you want. And when roadblocks come up, it doesn't mean that it's a sign that you shouldn't have it or you shouldn't go after and get what you want. It could just be a test or like, you know, a test to see if you really do want it. And I think that, you know, every time a roadblock would come up for me, 
it would be like, okay, what else do I need to do to make this happen? Which, you know, because it's so easy to be like, okay, let's just give up. It would have been so easy so many times to say, forget this. It's okay. We don't need to do this. Um, whether it would be, yeah, there's just so many times. So I think just staying focused on what it is that you want, keeping a vision of what it is that you want and asking yourself, what do I need to do now in order to get closer to my goal? What's the next step to get closer to my goal? Because you may not know all the answers, but you do know like that next step that you can take. <laughs> I agree with you though. And I actually really love that you went all the way to Vietnam to carry on that connection. And you know what? I do understand that. Maybe not everybody does, but like my husband's First Nations. And so when we were in high school, because we've been together since we were 14, mm. I actually took a First Nations studies class because we had talked about marriage and kids. And I was like, I know nothing. I'm like, where First Nations? What is that? Okay. So <laughs> sorry, guys. here we go. Um, I've traveled a lot and I don't know what that is or not in that terminology. No worries. So I'm in Canada and we call them first nations. There's also natives, there's Indians, there's all these different aboriginals. These are the terminologies, but it's changed. And so the politically correct one is first nations because technically they were the first nation people here before Europeans came over and colonized. And so my husband, they're now a lot of the culture has like treaty eight up here where they've been put on reservations. And then I had to learn about that. I learned about Treaty 8. But then I started to learn about their culture and how there's different tribes and different tribes had different languages like Cree and Teltan and like all these things. And then I started learning about traditions. And so like using hide to build a drum and using that ceremony as like, there was just so much beauty behind it. And had I not taken the class, I wouldn't have understood, appreciated, and I probably would have just been pretty basic on my mindset. But I've learned how to cook bannock to carry those traditions alive. I understand like they actually, they really respect elders. So like the community, if they get it, like if they go hunting and they get an animal, they give a lot of the percentage to the elders. It's this wow. whole beautiful circle. And so had I been ignorant to it or had I just not paid attention for it, my children would have missed that. But we try and like really give back into it. They also have these really, just like I'm on a little side thing here. Yeah, tell me really cool things where when you go out to manifest things, whether you're wanting to hunt or, you know, gain abundance or whatever, they give offerings to nature and it's usually tobacco. So they'll actually get like a can of tobacco and they'll leave it at a tree and leave an offering. Um, one of his family members actually will just leave toothpicks because it's like wood to wood. Like he just puts it back in nature as like a, an offering. And so I love that. And we do different things like that. We'll plant a tree. We like, we give that gratitude back in this whole full circle thing. Ooh, I like that. That's so interesting. But it's funny you say you didn't know what First Nations was. So my husband is First Nations. He's got the Korean Telton. And um, we went to Jamaica and they thought he was Asian. They started calling him Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee. And then we went to Mexico <laughs> and they started speaking Spanish to him. And he's like, no habla español. Like, I don't know what you're saying to me. And then we've been to like all these other countries. And as we travel, no one knew what it was. Like, he's like, like dancing with the wolves. I'm that native. Like, he's like, that's yeah. right. It helps. No. <laughs> Well, I've never heard, yeah, I've never heard that terminology before. So, but that makes sense. Oh, and many haven't, many haven't, but that's why I always try and like put a voice to it. And so our kids, they're blended and I love it, but it's actually so funny, like the personalities and everything and we'll go and what's normal to us maybe isn't to others. So having that cultural aspect within your family, I think is really beautiful that you've done that. I get it. Not everybody else might, but yeah. I think it's something that's really cool to be able to carry that forward. 
But like looking at all of these things, I love how you've manifested not only your relationship by saying yes and putting it out to the universe, to your house, to your children, to the cultural aspects within your family. I love all of that. And so as a life coach, you've really built your life accustomed to what you've always wanted. And that's something that you should really be proud of. But I would love to hear like, let's say somebody is starting from scratch day one, they know nothing about understanding who they are. What would you say to them to find that? Good question. Okay. So if somebody is, but, but okay. If somebody is like, Oh, I don't know who I am. I feel like people do know who they are. And sometimes it's just about journaling, you know, journaling. Um, I do. Th- I think people have denied themselves. Right. And it's just like, what if, what if you could have anything, what would that be? And even when people ask themselves that they still have limitations on their beliefs, right? Like they're like, well, I couldn't afford a, a car, like an airplane. So I wouldn't want to even ask for that. Or so I think that a lot of people put a limitation. They don't even realize the beliefs that they have. You know, it, was, it would be something that you would have to work through as like, oh no, but no, you really could have anything, you, anything that you wanted. What would it be? Or they make justifications. Just like for me, when I was asking for a Louis Vuitton purse, it's like, that's not reasonable. Why should I have a $1,500 purse? Like that doesn't make sense. It's not you know, you could spend that much on other things or that, you know, like it, you can buy a $20 purse. You can buy a hundred dollar purse. You don't need a $1,500 purse. So I think there's so many beliefs. So if somebody were coming to me and they wanted to start a new, their own career and knew maybe just had no idea what they wanted to do, I kind of feel like people do know what they want. Like they have an idea, but I would ask what they, what they love. What are their hobbies? What are they kind of known for? Like what's their little quirkiness about them um, that they maybe keep private, but don't want to share. Um, like for me, when I was a, when I was a kid, I got introduced to Jack Canfield tapes and I would listen to all this self-help stuff when this was not popular at all. And I thought that was really quirky. Like I was embarrassed about it. People would find these like affirmation tapes in my car when my teenage, you know, friends would get in and be like, what is this? And I'm like, you know, it would be so embarrassing. So yeah, it was like, what do you go to? What are you gravitate to when you go to the bookstore? You know, what, what is, what are the magazines that you're reading? What are you looking up online when you're not just like, you know, I guess maybe when you're randomly scrolling, what do you gravitate to? Are you gravitating towards fashion? Are you gravitating towards, um, you know, music or is it, you know, what is, what, where are you putting your attention when you don't have to like, quote unquote work? So that's where I guess I would start. I 100% agree with that. The reason I brought it up is I find people come to me and I just kind of, I love getting to see other people's input on it because I, I agree with you. Everything you say, like, let's say you win the lottery tomorrow. This is how I do it. Let's say you win the lottery tomorrow. What would you do with your spare time? And then you're obviously passionate enough about it that you don't need to be paid for it. 
turn that into a business, like turn those things into a business because you're never going to feel like you're working when you do something that you love. And so a lot of times people get like really hung up on that, but it is actually that simple. It's just actually finding a way to do like the red ocean, blue ocean and making it unique for you and building an offer and and the value ladder from that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's amazing too, to see that limiting belief, you know, of people are so trapped because they've, they're doing all the right things. They're doing what they should have done. You know, they're, they went to school like they should have, they graduated, they've got a good job that supplies them with all the things, their 401k, and they're, they've been doing all the right things and they're not happy. And they're stressed out and they're unsatisfied with their relationship because they're so stressed out and they maybe they want things that they don't have yet. Maybe they want a family, but they don't have it yet because they're so stressed out over their job and they're like, I got to do something else. So like another client of mine, she was in a similar position, like I just described. And so she started like, well, I love helping people overcome their debt. So she, she started talking about becoming debt free. And so that is what they're, they're doing now. So she's doing now. So, um, yeah. And I, yeah. So, and also, you know, describing like, what is, what's your ideal life? What would you do? What's your ideal day? How would you wake up and how would you spend it knowing that, you know, I love, all of that, because a lot of times people do miss out on just actually building their day, building their dream job. And so in coaching, these are the things that I work on with some of my clients. And this is the stuff that I try and like every couple months go back and check in on myself too, because sometimes we can find a hack that will save us time and, you know, build up an opportunity. And it just, it makes life so much easier. So pay attention to those opportunities too. And collaboration is number one. Like I am so grateful you're here, Tina, because the value that you're bringing and the opportunities of just bouncing two different variations of life coaching too, because like you have all of your different programs and then I have my programs, but in reality, we're removing limiting beliefs, sharing Mm -hmm. opportunity and then building the dream. And so when we look at that, it's really cool to see how we all can build something that's not unique and then make it unique. So it's ours. I love it. Yep. You're so right. And, um, and there's, so, I think that's the other thing, right? And this is that collaboration over competition. It's like, there's so much to learn. There's so much opportunity and every person has such unique gifts and experiences to bring to the, the table that um, if you're thinking about becoming a coach or growing a business, don't like, just know that people hire multiple coaches at one time. There's no shortage of people who want to be coached by you. And just because they hire somebody else doesn't mean that they won't be hiring you as well. And because you have such unique experiences and you have your own unique spin on how you would help somebody attain their goal. So, yeah. I love that. And that's something that you're absolutely correct. It's that removing that limitation of like compete, compare, or scarcity. There really is more than enough. I know I've been guilty of having more than one coach at the same time. And I do try and make sure that they're in different fields though. Like I'd have like a podcast coach, a spiritual coach, and like a business coach. And like, just don't get the same one in one niche. You want to kind of blend your things up would be like my advice on that, or else you're going to get conflicting advice and it's going to confuse you. But yeah, you want to follow that one path <laughs> with the one part of your life for sure. 
I 100% love that. Now, I always love to kind of dive into things um, where we can look at ourselves and maybe have a laugh. So I'm very honest about my fails, but I would love to hear from you as one entrepreneur to another. What is maybe the biggest fail or funniest fail that you've ever had in your business? Okay, share me, share with me yours. Let me think. <laughs> so uh, my youngest daughter, I gave rapper names to my children, by the way. So yep. one is two cents. That's my oldest. My youngest is 50 snacks. 50 snacks is nudist. And I was doing a video call like this and she came streaking behind and starts like flexing and stretching oh, no. <laughs> and lunges, leaning back and everybody's watching and like every, and it wasn't one person on the call either. It was a big call. Oh and no. I just, I was like, Eva, like, go upstairs, go see dad. And she's like, I'm hungry. I'm just like, oh God, she's not going to leave me alone. <laughs> like I had to text my husband and like, everybody's just dying laughing. But at this point I'm just like, yeah, there's no pretending that didn't happen. That is definitely, we're just going to, I'm not even editing that out. That's it. <laughs> like, luckily my chair blocked her lower area, but she was just like, what's so like, I'm hungry. It's like, mom, <laughs> like, oh God, don't care. Stop watching that video that you're watching. You know, they just think of it as a video and nobody's looking. At did, she does not care. Like, so that happened on a call once where this girl, she, I mean, this was maybe before, this was before Corona, but this girl was on a zoom call and didn't realize that, um, people could see her. And I'm wondering, honestly, I wonder if I did that once, like two, three years ago where I am like, oh my gosh, can people actually see me, you know? And I was like, I needed to go to the bathroom. I didn't press mute, you know, or I'm like, was my video on? And just like, I still actually think about that to this day. I'm like, did they see me? Did they see me go pee? I'm like, I'm so like embarrassed or like, and I don't even know if it actually like happened. <laughs> so yeah. now that doesn't happen. You know, like I'm making sure that there's no cameras facing me when I go to the bathroom, but that happened. I like all of a sudden this girl was like getting undressed and, and it was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> So I think, especially now, go ahead. What? Well, I was just going to say, I could totally relate to that, but I've had a person on one of my calls do that too. And I had to like message her and be like, we can see you, like, <laughs> but I didn't want to say it live and bring all attention to her. But I was like, oh, I had to like figure out how to block her video. And yeah, I know. It's like, uh, <laughs> trying to protect you, girl, I'm not trying to block you here. Just trying to protect you. Well, hopefully now with coronavirus, everybody knows how to use Zoom without embarrassing themselves. I'm sure, um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have had that happen. <laughs> and you know what, though? Like, just laugh it off. On it, It's that story now. Like, I've totally been all of that. So hot mess express. But that imperfect showing up <laughs> pays off. So just keep showing up, guys. Don't forget to just keep showing up. Yes. I don't even remember the names of the person that did that or anything like that. It's just, it happened. Cause you're so embarrassed for them. Right. It's like, ah, yep. But it happened and we are okay. <laughs> Life will continue on. I don't know. Like part of me is like, oh my gosh, I might have to go in hiding if that actually happened, you know? <laughs> See, that's funny. I know for me, I just, I have like a no shame game where I'm like, it's on. Like, I just, I don't care. But and that's why your daughter is streaking naked. <laughs> that, 
you know, Tina, you may have a point here. And as an observer, you may be getting light and validating my husband right now because he said this. But like, okay, I'll give you a background. And this is probably what did it. So for my 30th birthday, I was somebody who I don't, I don't really party. My husband's 12 years sober. And we went to Banff, which if you ever get to go to Canada, that is my favorite place in Canada. Okay. And they have this thing called Banff Ave. And when you look at it, there's mountains here, mountains here. And then it's like a whole beautiful, like old kind of country vibe town. Like they make it all look really rustic. Awesome. And we went to like the keg and we had some drinks and cocktails and appies. And then we went to another place, same thing. And at midnight, they're like, what do you want to do now that it's your birthday? I'm like, I want to go to bed. And they're like, what? And I'm like, but before we go to bed, I want to go on Banff Ave. And I want to take a picture with all of us here. And there was like five of us. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, but I want to be mooning the camera. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, I want to moon the camera because I think that's such a funny picture. And it's like, dirty, 30, here we go. Like, we are in. And no one said no. So we did it. And that became like, when any of them call me, that's the picture that pops up on my phone. It's just this mooning. And it just kind of became a thing that now we do on people's birthdays. Oh, that's so great. I love it. Um, one, we may be coming up to Van. We'll see how this summer goes. Um, but uh, see, I'm so embarrassed to do those types of things. It's so funny. Like I get too self-conscious, <laughs> but I work on that limiting belief. Free your moon. <laughs> Let her go. <laughs> I don't know. I think that one's in me. <laughs> And you know what? I respect that. My mom seriously judges me on that one. She is not all for it, but I think. No, I'm all for you doing it. Go ahead. I have <laughs> no, a, I, I, maybe I would need even cocktails, actually, even cocktails would prevent me. I, that wouldn't allow me that to release that down. Yeah. yeah. My husband just rolls with it. Luckily I have a really, you know, supportive husband. Yeah. But I do find life is too short and that's kind of where everything's kind of gone for me where it's just like where can I get the most opportunity by seizing this moment and making a memory and like mm -hmm. as long as I'm not hurting anybody and yeah. it's a place of joy and fun and laughter I see no harm and so I'm definitely not flashing other goodies but I do think that that was just a really fun event no it's awesome I love that you do that I, I mean like I love that people I'll get, maybe I'll get there one day, but <laughs> probably when I'm like 80 and I'm like, why didn't I do this when I was 40? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So we live in like the most Canadian town called Beaver Lodge. You ever come here, girl, I will take you out. We'll go mooning uptown. I'll talk to you. Into <laughs> okay. It will happen. And for all of you listening, I just want to say heads up. This may come out. And it'll be like our 2.0 podcast. <laughs> today. I love probably it. Up then. <laughs> make you get naked, Tina. <laughs> I don't know. That's just my sense of humor. I definitely have Love a weird it. one. I think those things are funny. Hence probably why I have a nudist for a child, but you know, it's all fair game. It's all good. I think, um, I remember when my, uh, cousin wanted to go skinny dipping and I was like, she's going, she's taking her clothes off. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh. So, but yeah, I was like, Ooh, can I do this? But I've, I guess I have like done the whole naked beach thing before and it's, and maybe I just need to get more comfortable with my body. <laughs> you're braver than me on that one. Cause I've not done that. <laughs> so if you're not comfortable with your body, then how do you go and get half nude? It's not half nude. It's just my bum, my bum. It's just your little putty. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, the way I look at it is 
everybody has butt cheeks and it's not something that's very weird or informal. We all have wiped a butt at sometimes if you had a kid. And mm -hmm. so at this point I was just like, you know what? 30, 30, this is the way I roll. I'm just, I love it. I love it. I love it. So that's so good. I like that. I love that you do. I mean, one, it's fun, right? And these bodies aren't going to last forever. So um, just live it up. I love that we got so sidetracked here from like talking about <laughs> me mooning and now me inviting you on a mooning event. So for those of you, you've heard it here first. If Tina ever has like a postcard that comes out, it's with her consent and we will have had it then. But honestly, I really love that you've brought it in. You've brought in the opportunities of manifestation, how to heal our limiting beliefs, ways to kind of pivot through your business and grow and how you've looked at coming from a space of all of your life experiences to really adapting you as an expert in the field of what you do now and to live that dream instead of ignoring the limiting beliefs of what other people place on you to get you to the success and opportunities that you have today. So Tina, huge shout out and thank you. And then also I noticed that you have a free gift for our friends and listeners here that they can come to one of your events. So for those of you who are listening, you heard in the beginning of this episode where I explained how amazing it was to get to do one of our networking events. Do you want to talk to them about what they can experience when they join in? Yeah, so you can claim your free ticket at womenbizmix.com and you'll be you'll come into our Zoom meeting and we'll put you into groups of three and you just get to know the other women and then we switch it up. We do this about three or four times. And so by the end of the event, you've met six to eight women and you know what happens is so incredible. Like you talk about different things, you introduce yourself and the other women introduce them. And then you just kind of like ask more questions, get more curious about who they are and who you are and what are you working on? Like you were saying, Melissa, and it's just, it's really interesting. You grow your network and, um, you know, over the course of, if you decide to stay, you can, in a, in a, one month you can meet a hundred women, you know, and grow your network that way. And you never know what kind of opportunities, um, will come out of it. So I definitely think it's so valuable and so worth it. So I want you to check it out for free and try it out, experience it for yourself because it is so, um, incredible. I think a lot of people go in, not sure what's going to happen. Even after I tell them, I'm like, it's awesome. And they, by the first and second meeting, they're like, oh wait, this is fun. <laughs> like, this is so much fun. I love it. So, um, it's every Wednesday and you can, like I said, go to womenbizmix.com and claim your free ticket. I am so grateful that you threw that out there for our listeners. I highly recommend I have participated myself and I plan to do so more. Yay. Tina, and I appreciate you showing up and bringing your value and your personality and just laughing through all of the randomness that was consumed in this moment. I do laugh. There's like, a whole bunch of funny little mom fails that just occurred throughout this episode on my end from dogs barking, doors knocking, kids as a stampede to random mooning talks. So enjoy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Melissa. So good to talk to you. My pleasure. 
Hello. Okay. So we vibe with our tribe and I wanted to let you know that I'm over here doing a special shoulder shimmy celebrating you as an action taker. So I hope you know that I am doing a coffee cheers in your honor for joining us here today. And since we are now gal pals, I would love a small favor from you and would love to have you leave us a review. I don't ask for them to be staged. You can be completely honest and I would love to get to hear what you enjoyed, what your favorite takeaway was, and maybe just what you would like to know further more on. Because if I don't know it, I'm very very honest, and I will do my best to bring you some support in there. Thank you again, and have a great day.